Well, hello, hello, everyone. I am Danny Kilgore, and I said, well, thanks for the woo. <laughs> thanks for the woo. I'll take a woo. <laughs> or a horn. Thanks for that, David. I'm Danny Kilgore, and I serve on the pastoral team, and I am super excited to be before you all today and to be continuing in our Summer in the Scriptures series, The Good News in the Old Testament. We are going through the Old Testament, and we are finding the good news in the Old Testament. We're digging deep and taking some of the New Testament scriptures where Jesus is pointing to the new, the good news in the Old Testament. And so we're going to continue in doing that today. But before we get started, like I love to do, will you join me in prayer over the word that I'm going to preach? Dear gracious God, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for um, the blessing of being able to hear your word, to preach your word. God, I pray that you would remove any distractions that would keep us from being able to hear from you. God, I thank you for the uh, blessing of being in your presence. So God, I say, have your way. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Allow us to be able to um, be renewed by your spirit. We give you glory. We give you praise. For it is in your son's Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. So go ahead and grab your Bibles. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Because as we've done each week, we are going to be taking a look at some Old Testament scriptures and some New Testament scriptures. And we're going to take a look at first Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And while you're taking a look and you're looking for chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, I want to say welcome to our online community. I'm so glad you are joining us online, whether you're joining us on Zoom or on Facebook or you're catching the recap. Thank you so much for choosing Marine Covenant online as your place to experience worship with us today. So Matthew chapter 7 is where we are going to start our scripture reading. Now, as we've been reminded, there is good news in the Old Testament. And the, old, the good news that I'm going to share with you all today is that our obedience brings blessings. Our obedience to God brings blessings. Now, the topic of obedience is not often spoken about in church, mostly because no one wants to talk about obedience because you have to talk about disobedience too. And most of the time when we talk about obedience and disobedience, it's because when it's referenced, it's mostly referenced in a legalistic way, right? It describes a God who's unloving or un unkind. It talks about a God who only cares about controlling your life. It speaks on terms of like, children, obey your parents. Wives, obey your husbands. People, Obey me, God, or you will face a God who's going to devour you with bloodthirsty jaws of undescapable death. Right? That's what you... When you read the Old Testament, that's what you experience. Unless you're reminded that there's good news 
in the Old Testament. But that's actually not the God that we serve. We serve a loving God. We serve a God that's forgiving. We serve a gracious God. We serve a God who's for us. We serve a God that wants the best for us and that the scriptures that Christ and the teachings of Christ actually points towards the Old Testament and shares the good news of the Old Testament. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. And it reads, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Christ's teachings points out the wisdom in listening and following instructions. See, this person's house was built on a rock, a rock that withstood the testing of time because its rock was, was, could withstand the testing of time because it was built on solid foundation. That's why I titled my sermon, Solid as a Rock. You know the song? Solid. Solid as a... Come on, y'all. What the 70s baby said? That's what this... All right, we got a couple in here. That was first serve. First serve is where the 70s babies are. The 80s babies in second service. <laughs> I know that song is a little catchy, but that is solid as a rock, as catchy as that song may be, that's the type of faith that we should have. That's the type of, of obedience we should have, solid as a rock, that as, our, as the wind blows, as the rain comes down, when life hits up against us, we are solid because we are grounded in our faith. That no matter what comes against us, we're steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And Christ teaches us in Matthew 7 that the only way that can happen is through our obedience to God, our obedience in the word. But here's the good news. Our obedience is not without blessings from God. Our obedience always brings blessings. When reading the Old Testament, you don't have to search too far to find an example of obedience and disobedience. Matter of fact, about 90% of the Old Testament is 
obedience and disobedience. The stories of the Old Testament is all about who disobeyed and who didn't. Who disobeyed, when they disobeyed, how they disobeyed, how God got them back on track from disobeying, and how and why they didn't disobey, and how he got them and what he used to get them to obey him again. And if you really want to know where it was found, the most concentrated area was the story of all the kings. The kings. The kings is when you see the disobedience being displayed. The kings. Good kings and bad kings. I'm a, I have a seven-year-old daughter, so of course you're going to see examples of Disney show up in my sermons. King Mufasa, King Scar, a good king and a bad king. A good kings, bad kings, all throughout the Old Testament. And sadly, in the Old Testament, there are clearly more bad kings than there are good kings. But one of the things that we can learn is that we can find examples of how these good kings can teach us that our blessings, our obedience, always lead to obedience. You know, during one of our, one of my Old Testament classes, um, we were able to map out and discuss how the Old Testament um, Hebrew kings got split into two kingdoms. How the tribes of Israel was, became northern kings and southern kings. And for the first time ever, I was fascinated by the book of the kings. And matter of fact, I have a chart to show you. I'm going to show you this chart. Now, you won't be able to see the chart as clearly, but I'm going to show you this chart. There was a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. First of all, the northern kingdom, which is on the right, was a bunch of bad kings, just all bad. Every last one of them. Bad, 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 bad. Everybody bad. All of them bad. There was one, Jehu, a mix. Bad, kind of good. He had a moment where he said, I'm going to try this good thing for a little bit. And then he said, ah, I'm not about that life. And he went back to being bad. Okay? So that's why he has a mix of good and bad. Because he had a little moment of being good and then it didn't work out for him. But on the southern king, there were four good kings. Out of all the bad kings, there were four good kings. King Asa was good. King Jehoshaphat was good. Then had bad kings up until you got to King Hezekiah, who we're going to talk about in a second. And then after Hezekiah, then King Josiah. King Josiah. But you know, I want to talk about this. I really believe that the reason why all these kings were so bad is because a lot of them were bad because they became king at such a young age. Do you all know that some of these kings became king at the age as young as seven years old? Can you imagine being king at seven? So how, how many of y'all have raised a seven-year-old? How many of y'all have a seven-year-old? How many of you have been seven? Picture being seven, raised. I have a seven-year-old. She just turned seven on Friday. Do you, she, someone say, oh, and now she's a queen. Girl, bye. You're not about to be a seven and a king, queen. Seven? That's why they're bad. Seven years old, and now you're king. And that means, really, 
so people around them are governing for them. So people who are being ruler are not supposed to be ruler. So not only are the ones that are supposed to be king not actually ruling, people are ruling in place of them. So there's no wonder why the northern side has all these things happening and all these other ones because it was never meant to be the way it was. This is just my assumptions. This is not, I'm not a Hebrew scholar as my professor was, but these are just some of my assumptions. Nonetheless, Josiah is a really good story that you should tap into because he is highlighted. He became king at eight, but he was highlighted for finding the law of God. And not only did he find it, he followed the law of God and was highlighted for following it and was told by a prophetess to find it. And he took it and went on to follow the law of God. And I'm telling the story and I want you to look for it yourself. But it's a really good story that you should look up and find. So you should look it up yourself. But he's a really good king at age eight and did really good as a king. But nonetheless, let's take a look at Hezekiah because he's a good king that I think you'll see why he's a good king. Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 31 was named as being one of the few kings who followed God's way. He was involved in every event with God every day. He had a close relationship with God. He followed God's actions. He did what God said. He, day and night, he was faithful to God. Not because he was raised in the fear of God, because look, Hezekiah did not have a father who followed God. He didn't have a grandfather that followed God. No, there were four kings before him that were bad. He was given a choice to be obedient or disobedient, and he chose obedience. Hezekiah saw all of the idols and the pagan temples and altars that his father erected and chose to destroy them when he became God, he, when he became king at the age of 25. He followed the way of the Lord. Second Kings, eight, Second Kings chapter 18, verse 6 through 7 says that he held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands that the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. When given a choice to follow the example and the instruction of his earthly father, he chose to follow God. But I can't say the same about his son. See, his son, Manasseh, was not a good king. King Manasseh was not just a bad king. He was a wicked king. King Manasseh became king at the age of 12 and worked hard to reverse everything King Hezekiah worked to do. Everything that his King Hezekiah destroyed that his fathers did, King Manasseh put back up. He put back up all of the, the altars, all the pagan idols. He destroyed and, and, and declared that Passover would no longer be a holiday. 
He put so much hurt and pain into the Jewish people that God declared him to be the most wicked king of all kings. King Manasseh was, as it says in 2 Kings 21.11, committed detestable sins. He had done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and led Judah into sin with his But God is a loving God. He's a forgiving God. And if we ever, and if we humble ourselves and seek God's face, he will always forgive us. So God was angry at Manasseh and chose to allow Manasseh's enemies to send him into exile. While in exile, Manasseh sought God's face. Asked for forgiveness, God heard him and forgave him. Second Chronicles 33, 12, 13. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord, his God, humbled himself greatly, sought, humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors, and he prayed to him. The Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem, to his kingdom, and then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. But I want to say this, though. Although King Manasseh repented, he repented of his sin, he could not avoid the natural consequences of his disobedience. The good news is Our blessings, our disobedience will always lead to blessings. But our disobedience will cause destruction in our life. So what then can we learn from the kings? When given the choice to choose obedience over disobedience, Family, we should always, no matter the case, no matter the situation, always choose a life of disobedience, of obedience. Always choose a life of obedience. Let's take a look at Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a crash. Jesus is teaching us from this scripture the importance of obedience. Yes, our obedience leads to blessings, but the ultimate blessing is that our obedience makes us solid. 
that when life hits us, we will be strong and sturdy and can withstand the test of time. When King Hezekiah, of course he had a good life, he was a king. He had all the things that come with being a king, but the blessing of following God, being obedient to God, was when King Hezekiah called on the name of the Lord, God heard him. When King Josiah needed God, God heard his plea. When King Asa needed him at battle, God sent protection for him. Whenever we follow God in obedience, when we need God, the reason why the blessings of being solid as a rock is the ultimate blessing is because in our obedience, it makes us solid. That's the ultimate blessing. The ultimate blessing is that our obedience makes us solid. When we follow the teachings of God, it's not for God's benefit, it's for our benefit. It's for us to be strong so that when the winds of life come, when the rain falls, we are strong and can withstand the test of time. So I want to encourage you with this. No matter what, Always put your trust in God. Because when you put your trust in God, it breeds obedience. When I first got here a while, when I first got here, one of my first sermons I taught on was the change continuum. It says when you you change, you get challenged. And when you get challenged, you've got to put your trust in God. But when you put your trust in God, it breeds obedience because obedience makes you healthy. And healthy things grow. And when you grow, you change. And when you change, you get challenged. The reason why we want to be obedient is because we want to be healthy. When we're healthy, we grow. If at anything, our obedience makes us healthy so that we can grow. How many of you really want to grow? No one wants to be stuck in the same place. We want to grow. I want to grow in my faith. You want to grow in your career. You want to grow in your education. You want to grow in your life. If at any cost, my obedience is going to make me grow. And God wants to see you grow. So if my obedience is going to bring me blessings, then the blessings of that is growth. So put your trust in God for the sake of your own growth and your own health. Now, some of you may be saying, yeah, but you don't know (laughs) what I've just done because I'm looking at my life and I just set a torch to my life and I'm looking at it go up in flames and I'm looking at it like it's too late. You don't know the type of disobedience that I've had in my life. And I'm thinking it's too late. It's too late. It is too late. You don't know what I've done. And I'm going to say this again. If given the choice to choose obedience over disobedience, choose obedience. Always choose obedience. 
Here recently, I had the opportunity to share my own testimony with a friend. It was kind of a random thing how it happened. I wasn't planning on it, but it happened. But as I was thinking about it and thinking about my own time of disobedience when I was in college, my waywardness, and time when I chose, I intentionally chose to be disobedient for about three and a half years. And my time in which preparing for the sermon, I had a moment like Manasseh as I had to walk back after I'd repented and walk back to the life that I had found destructive. Just great destruction. Now, I had not canceled Passover or led a nation to worship idols, but I had lost friends. I had poor integrity. I had broken my mother's heart. I had done things that had really destroyed some parts in my life that I couldn't see a way out. So I had a choice. Do I say, ah, heck with it. Do I just make things worse, or do I try to pick up what I can? And like Manasseh, I chose to follow God and just be obedient in that moment. So I say to that person today who's wondering, is it too late? It's not too late. I can't promise you that you'll get your family back. I can't promise you that the friendship will be bonded again. I can't promise you that you won't lose your job. I can't promise you that. But what I can promise you is this, that we serve a God of reconciliation, that we serve a God of restoration, that we serve a God that will reconcile us to himself first, that we serve a God of forgiveness, that if we humble ourselves to him first, that he said, I am doing a new thing, that new thing will manifest itself in us first. And that if we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not into our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our path. And in time, something new will happen. We will trust God. Did I lose friends? Did I lose more? Yes, I did. But I'm here to tell you that I gained way more than I lost by being more obedient to God than disobeying. So the question here today as I invite the band out is this. When you're given the option to choose Obedience over disobedience. The invitation is always there. What will you choose? Will you choose to trust God? Will you choose to follow him? The good news of the Old Testament and the New Testament is pointing to the same thing, that obedience always brings blessings. The decisions we make today will always affect our outcome for tomorrow. We will be the ones solid as a rock. Can we commit to that today? Can we commit 
to being a house built on a rock that when the rain comes, the wind blows, the waters start to rise, that our house will not fall because we are solid, solid as a rock. Because our house is built on a firm foundation, built on a rock, because we are obedient to God. Not for his sake, but for our sake. That we will give God glory in everything that we do. That we will trust in God because it breeds obedience. Because when we're obedient, it makes us healthy. And healthy things grow. And growing things change. And when we change, we get challenged. But when we get challenged, we will put our trust in God. And when we put our trust in God, we know that the blessings of the Lord will make one rich. And it will add no sorrow. Amen? Amen. Let us praise God and worship him.